It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, baseball is not boring in large part because of people like our next guest, Matt Strom. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, Matt, from the bottom of my heart. You, well, I appreciate you, that. You, you, you were sincerely like, we didn't, at this time last year, we did not know each other. We got to know each other through, obviously, you playing for the Red Sox. And, uh, you know, you, you, there's a lot of things that I think that we talked about, but, you know, some serious stuff, some not so serious stuff. But, you know, I think that the bottom line is, when we talk about sort of this cause and, and this narrative is that you are of the mind, you are at the top of the list of people that I've met and say, Hey, listen, you know what? I just like the game, man. I care about the game. I care about the game from opening up baseball cards to, uh, to changing rules to what, you know, what it's like to be like the, the, the passion that's on the field. You just like the game, right? I mean, that's exactly. what it comes down to. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, there was, I mean, even going back to baseball cards, I collected cards as a kid, but there was a point where I got out of it because I was so absorbed in the game itself. I was at the ball yard every day. I was, I mean, every day I could be growing up in North Dakota, but I was, I mean, I just, I was absorbed in the game. I never was sitting on my couch watching the Minnesota twins play because I was always playing. I mean, we were playing until the streetlights came on and then it was time for dinner. And you knew that. And then maybe if like, if you could, if the streetlights were good enough, maybe, but probably not. And then you're probably, we were playing MLB, the show or MVP, I think is what it was called on, on yeah. PlayStation after dinner. Not, so not, like not I was te- just, te- te- Tecmo was my era. So yeah. Yeah. So like, I was just, I just, I've like, I've the game, like I said, I've given it my all and I love this game and 
I just love watching it be played, and I don't think it needs to be touched. All right, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, which by the, I, I will get to that. I don't. I don't want to get sidetracked. Yeah. So, part of this uh, reason is essentially this is a national podcast. Um, one of the things I I, I want to use this as an opportunity is you have a new fan base. I mean, you have a new fan base. Yeah. Congratulations, yep. first of all. Thank you. Thank that's, you very much. That's, that's a, a hard-earned, uh, well-earned deal uh, with you. the Philadelphia Phillies two-year deal. Um, so let's, let's start there. When you go into last year, if people don't know, you're coming off an injury with the Padres. Um, you have a tryout or you have a showcase. You throw the ball really well. You de- you designated that as the best bullpen you ever threw in your life, right? Yep. Oh, what yeah. was that? That was in that was uh, at the end of the lock at the, right after the lockout, right? Three days, but yeah, the day after the lockout. Day after the lockout. So the Red Sox say, "Ooh, this guy, he's he's something else. Looks yep. like his stuff is really good. He's bounced back." And so they signed you to a one-year, $3 million deal. Um, it really works out. And, and not only did it work out, do I have the proof because of your numbers or because I watch you pitch because of all that, but because of where you landed in regards to the deal that you got. You know, just before we came on behind the scenes, you know, Rich Hill just calls, right? Rich Hill yep. calls. And and Rich had not a, a, an exact same story, but a similar story in the sense oh. of, of he went through, he had a great year. He 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 had the one year deal with Oakland, and then he gets the deal with the Dodgers. You yep. take advantage of what you have, and that's exactly what you did. So, um, looking at when you came out of the the season ends with the Red Sox, what was your mindset heading into free agency? Because like this is a world that you probably hadn't lived. Was there any anxiousness? Was there uh, was there excitement? What was it like? Uh, I would say all of it. Um, you know, I first and foremost, like 21st rounder got to where I got. And then to be in free agency, it's like, obviously you want to maximize this window you have to earn money in this game and do all that. So you want to maximize that. But the utmost important thing to me is contending again, goes back to the, why do we play this game? Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone will roll their eyes at me when I say I'm not playing it for my bank account. Like I'm, but I want a ring on my hand more than I want to see how much money I can get in my bank account. That's from the bottom of my heart. That's what it is. And like going into free agency, it was like you can look, you can look at, you can look across the board, and I, I mean, where the league's at and what teams are doing. Over fifty percent of them weren't even on my board because of what what they're doing and again like it offers could have came in and it it just didn't matter i wanted to be on a team that's contending and i mean if anybody watched the world series you saw what philadelphia was like and that place seemed magical and i can only imagine it in person so i mean the atmosphere of fenway was unreal best atmosphere i've ever pitched in especially to be able to do it for a whole year that was unbelievable and i'm sure the the energy in philly after the year they've had is going to be easily matching that so so you know midway through the year um i don't know if you talked to ken rosenthal or whatever they came out that hey you want to maybe maybe introduce the (laughs) the idea of being a starter so let's clear that up because it was 
well, that was in, you know, that in, when it was presented, okay, that makes sense. He's got the stuff. Yeah. He's got the repertoire. Like, okay. And by the way, stars usually make more money than relievers right. too, right? Exactly. Um, so take me through sort of the evolution of that yeah. conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, be, I believe it was asked if I would be interested in starting and you know me, I'm interested in pitching. So yeah, I'm interested in starting. I'm interested in opening. I'm interested in starting. I'm interested in middle relieving. I'm interested in closing. Like I'm interested at all. So it's like, yeah, I'm interested in starting. Yeah. I think I can start. Um, but again, it goes back to winning. Where do I see myself as a piece of a winning formula? I'm 31 years old now. Do I see myself on a rebuilding team trying to be a two or three starter right now? And on the bubble for the playoffs, like I don't, I don't want to do that. So it's like I want to be where I am the most valuable. And, I mean, my history has shown I am more valuable in the bullpen. So to be on a contender and to be a big piece of a winning team, that's what I want to be. So whatever they see me as, if they want me to open on Monday and sit in the bullpen Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then do it again Friday, I'll do it. Like I don't, I want to pitch. So, so yeah, when you, starting, so when you, starting so when interests you, me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I mean, uh, a lot of things interest me. Like dunking mm-hmm. interests me. Hitting a ball yeah. 500 feet interests me. Yeah. Like it's yeah. all of it. it. Sure. Fine. Yeah. Um, but so when you get to free agency, it's, is it your priorities are? I'm going to put words in your mouth. You go to a Sam and Seth of Aces, your, your agency, say priority number one, go to, be on a winning team, correct? Am I, am I yep. on the trolley so far? Yep. Okay. Priority number one, be on a winning team. Um, then it's, it's whatever this here, what they have to say. And, and what did teams just for the most part to say, hey, we want you to do what you did pretty well with the Red Sox, with the Padres, and be a reliever? Or did any team say, oh, I heard you wanted to be a starter? No. Yeah. No, uh, so, yeah, when I went to speaking with Sam, Seth, Anthony, and Alan and all them, when I was talking with them, it was, obviously, I want to be on a contender. Um, I want to be – I want – and then the other places, like the one-year thing in Boston, like that's what kind of just stunk about Boston was knowing it was one year. It was like – I mean, that again, I loved Boston, the city, unbelievable. And it's just, it, I wanted wanted someone to commit to at least two to three years with me. And that was, that was a big deal to me and my family. And then from there, I mean, what a couple teams did call and offer one-year deals if interested in starting. Just kind of like not looking at that right now. And then it kind of came down to just two teams going back and forth and, you know, Philly just seemed to be the better fit for me. The uh, what's that like being recruited like that? So, you know, we know, you know, Dave Dombrowski is a guy who he, when he sees a guy he likes, he's like, that guy fits my team. I'm going to get him. Mm -hmm. Right. Did it feel that way when dealing with them? Yeah. The Phillies, I mean, they, especially the, they set up a Zoom call with all their staff and everything, and then uh, their pitching coach reached out and showed me all their pitching, all the pitching stuff they have going on in Philly. And, I mean, they just – I don't want to say it felt like a college recruiting trip because it's definitely more professional than that. You're not getting toted around 
No, no, ju- no jumbotrons. Like, no, no jumbotrons, like no bags but of like, cash, no, no, no trailers, I mean, no tractors, no new cars. No, nah. I mean, they kind of did. They they matched my personality well. They called me, said they wanted me. This is what they have to offer me, and then we hung up the phone and they said, "Call me if you want it." And that, <laughs> that's how I roll. And I mean, I respect the hell out of it. And I'm like I said, I'm happy. I'm happy to be a Philly. Did you feel like? Um... You know, when you left the Red Sox, you talk about good fits. You were a good fit with the Red Sox, man. Like, good fit. Yeah. Did you did you feel like, oh, you know, I I hope that you know this this works out, and and maybe they just you know everyone has different. Maybe you had a better offer. Maybe they went a different way. What what was your vibe from the Red Sox after the season ended? Yeah. No. I mean, it didn't. I didn't get a feel that they were going to bring me back. And then, I mean, again, the. The other team, I will say it was not the Red Sox, but it was, I mean, I, w- I was hoping they would, but again, that I was hoping they would for the fact of baseball. Like I love baseball, baseball in Fenway. I would, I would love to pitch 81 games in Fenway for the rest of my career with what I experienced last year. But that being said, it is a business. I'm just a player in the game. I don't run the game. So I got to go where the game wants me. What So what felt right about the Philly? So you talked about, and I've heard this from other guys who's gone, especially pitchers. They said, this is what we do. This is like, this is what we have. Mm-hmm. This is who we are. And this is how we approach things. What felt besides the opera, obviously they're, they're built to win now. I mean, I don't think there's mm-hmm. any question. What, what really struck you as like, this is a, and besides the contract, but what struck you as a, this is a good fit because of the, the way they do things. I would just sit, I would, again, like from, I haven't experienced it, so I don't know how they do things. I don't, I mean, the only guy I know with the Phillies personally is Marsh, and he was only with them for half a year last year. So I don't really know how they do things. But again, looking from afar, you can tell when a team has it, so to speak, like mm-hmm. just the chem- the chemistry and how they all, how they all mold together. And that, that being said, myself knowing Brandon Marsh, and then just to see how he interacts with the team through just strictly just television is all I'm talking because that's all I've been able to see of this team. And you just see that their their chemistry is there. They're they're genuine dudes. You you get a feel for it. And like when you're in this game long enough, you know you know what to look for when you're when you're watching the game on TV of like what's genuine and whatnot. But I mean, and also I think what made my decision that much more easy was JT real Muto. I mean, really? Like, I mean, think of the catchers. I've been spoiled in my career and like, I, I, I couldn't go away from that when the baseball gods are handing me a catch an offer to a team with a catcher of this caliber. And I'm sitting here, like I've thrown to Salvador Perez, Austin Hedges, Aaron Nola, who's very good back there. And then Vasquez. Yeah. It's a, I've been spoiled in my career. So it's like, I mean, I was offered a gift that took the gift. <laughs> so I think, I think to to speak more on why I chose it, it wouldn't be so much more their pitching philosophy, just of what they have as a as a team. And again, I get to throw to JT Real Muto, and and they're gonna win. I mean, let's I mean, and they're gonna win. Look yeah, at that lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 gonna be. I find this fascinating because after the Korea stuff happened this morning um we're doing i'm just 
rambling and doing a podcast about Korea. And then I've sort of like started morphing into, well, who has the best division? Like this is an interesting conversation, right? right? Because now you have the NL West and you have you know, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. And, you know, don't sleep on the Diamondbacks because my guy, Tori Lovello, came on the podcast the other day and he gave me a fiery speech. I was ready to run through a wall. Let's right. go. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And so, and then you have your division now, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves, right? You, mm-hmm. That's pretty That's pretty good. Yep. Um, you have the American League East. You have the NL, uh, the AL West, where you have Houston. You have Seattle, who's gotten a lot better. And you have, um, who am I missing? Um Oh, oh Texas. It. Texas has Texas. DeGrom now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But yep. It's, a, it's a good conversation, isn't it? I know you no. got to pick the, the NL East, but I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, again, but every division you're talking about, you're talking, you're talking two to three teams that are absolutely competing for it, and then we still have two divisions we didn't even talk about, and then Yeah, <laughs> yeah the isn't that crazy? Eight teams. Yeah, Wait, so- I mean, it's... But so so let, let me ask you about this. So um there's a there's a lot of money being thrown around. And and but as you point out, it seems to be being thrown around by a select group of teams. Yep. Um and I remember having a conversation with JD Martinez a few years ago is after the CBA, the the last CBA, not this one. And like and he was saying, like yeah, we prioritize the wrong thing, we prioritize bus rides and off days and we're getting screwed yep. over in free agency. And now you flip it to this and everyone's spending money, but, but, but. And that was the quote where he said, oh, 80% of the teams aren't trying to win. Now, right. the 80% of the teams might be like 50 now, but they're still 50. Right. Do, do you, uh, yeah. It was 80% when how many teams made the playoffs? And now it's 50% when how many teams make the playoffs? Right, so, right. Exactly. Like, and again, the, like, I don't know too because I thought I personally thought with the more playoff teams, I guess just foolishly thinking and being a fan of baseball, more teams would go for it at the deadline, like fully go for it. Mm-hmm. And it was like you didn't see that. And like even look at Boston, we, did we? Do we still know what we did? <laughs> <laughs> like no, like that that like. That's what I'm saying. Like, I I don't know. Like, the game. Was that – I have to ask, because you said that. Was that the feeling? Like, do we do we know if we're going for it or not? I mean, I don't think it was at the time because, obviously, Sale was still coming back. There was a chance of Paxton still coming. So, like, it still felt like, okay, if we get these horses, like, we could 100% do it. It just felt like a – I don't know, like a – you were well. Once, listen. I mean, like I've we've talked. Like I talked to JD at the end. You of the played year. field position, is what it felt like. Oh, that's a great way to put it, man. Like, yeah, we didn't like. I don't want to say we punted it because when people think punt, like you just gave up. Like, now nah, we just we had a six point lead and we pinned him inside the ten. And we, right, and and you, and you were hoping that Chris Sale and James Paxton were going to be your your lockdown linebackers who were going to like yeah. get the ball back. Yeah. And, and instead, Tom Brady subbed in at quarterback, and we lost. So, uh, I guess that's what happened. But, but yeah, it, but you know, you bring up a good point about the playoffs, and and 
there's lessons to be learned, I think. And in, in, in this day and age of baseball, like we we say, well, did they learn their lesson? And, and we can get to the Bogart thing in a minute because I think there's a lesson to be learned there about, you know, whether Is Fenway or not- still standing? Oh, dude. <laughs> Is it? I, I haven't seen any pictures or anything, but. Uh, we did have a press conference, but it was not for Xander Bogarts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so anyway, so so um, so when when you when you talk about the the oh now I totally <laughs> you got me the, the playoffs the playoffs yeah. oh yeah yeah so so playoffs where you know you had the Phillies the Phillies actually you know the lessons to be learned were okay the Phillies sniffed it. They were sniffing the playoffs. And Dave Dombrowski, this is what he does. If he sees the opportunity mm-hmm. to go for it, he goes for it. Boom. Yep. There he is. He went for it and it paid off. Sometimes it doesn't, but that's that's his MO yep. and that's what he did. And we disarticulated other examples where you know other teams didn't do that. But but the Phillies what did, did they even win 90 games? I don't think they want to. I, I couldn't even tell you what it was. Yeah, I mean, like, but I know that, like, they were, you know, obviously. They were they, the sixth seed, weren't they? Yeah. They were so, so, so they, you have the chance to do this. So why not go for it? And you're right. I mean, I think that teams aren't doing that. I think that teams are sort of slow playing this and said, oh, you know, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to see and maybe, and if we don't make it this year, hey, we're, we're still building for the next few years. Well, yep. Okay. Like, like you keep doing that, you keep doing that, and good luck. You, you, the the apathy creeps in, and that's the worst word in oh yeah in the baseball dictionary. Apathy. Yes, but I mean, I hate to say it, the best GMs will sell the future because they always have the future to sell you on. Like the it's the future. Like we're gonna get better. We're gonna get better. And I think that's why we saw someone like Derek Jeter leave Miami. It was like, when are you going to get better? When are you when are you going to tip over the the honeydew pot and dump it all out and let it go? But yeah, I no, mean, it's, it's true. It's true. I think too many teams look at other teams and they're like, "Ooh, the Mets. That's a powerhouse. Maybe we shouldn't." But fortunately, you got three teams that aren't worried about the payroll and want to win. And just unfortunately, they're all in the same division and going to beat up on each other a little bit. I, I tell you what, though. So you you went through the gauntlet of the American League East, which is actually Baltimore became good out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're really pitching good. against – Yeah, you're pitching against – There was no off days. There were, nope. That, that, yeah. So – and now you're – good luck. I mean – Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not shying away from it. I love it. But that's just nope. – The flip side of that, though, Matt, is that is that you have – the the juice the opportunity like so i wrote a thing today there was this like quick comment that kenley jansen made down the batting cages that the red sox put out and yeah. he's sort of like i can't believe that people knew who i was walking the streets and and you know that people knew about baseball here and this and that i'm like yeah, yeah but the, shouldn't like every player want that like when you were taking your scooter down van ness oh yeah I'm sure that people are like, yeah, Matt, they, you know, if, uh, you, yeah. like, if, if you did that, like, I'm sure that didn't happen in San Diego. I don't know. I mean, I mean, sometimes in San Diego, not as, not as much because I was on Coronado, which is kind of touristy. So it's like, they're not there for Padres baseball, but <laughs> I mean, around the ballpark a little bit, but no, you're right down. I mean, Boston was an unbelievable 
baseball town. That's what it is. It's just, I mean, it's a sports town to be honest, but they, they know all their sports. And but isn't that, that's what you're going to get in Philadelphia. And isn't that what you want? And that's, just, this is, that's, this is, but that's again, that goes back to why you play the game. Like, I necessarily don't want to play. Like, I don't want to be out to eat with my wife and daughter and five people be like, Hey, that's Matt Trump. Like, I don't, I don't like that, but like, yeah, going to work or like, I don't know, wearing a baseball hat, like and being recognized. Like, yeah, that's, we play it for the energy of the game. I don't know how to explain it. Like I, again, I don't. You want play people. It for you want. Hey, listen. Let's. It's, you, I wish you everyone want, could experience. You it. want. You want people to care, and you want you want the people to care as much as you care. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe your punting right. analogy was right. much better yeah. than that, but that wasn't that far off. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so let me ask you this, because we had um, the aforementioned Rich Hill on, and we did sort of these, um, what it is like to play in different markets. Mm-hmm. And it was after Xander agreed, um, and you played in San Diego, and, and you played in Boston, you played in Kansas City, and now you're playing Philadelphia. But um, is there, like... What advice would you give Xander? Like, what in terms of because this is, I go back, there was a guy, and maybe you've pulled his baseball card. I don't know. Otherwise, you would have no idea who he was. Bruce Hurst. You ever heard of Bruce Hurst? I haven't. All right. So, Bruce Hurst was a lefty, um, should have won the 86 World Series MVP if the ball doesn't go through Buckner's legs. Gotcha. Bruce Hurst takes the deal with the Padres after being in the, the belly of the beast of Boston. And yep. And he said after the fact, he's like, I should have never done that. It just wasn't yeah. the same. Now, I will say this. This sort of excitement about the Padres is probably a little bit different than that era. Yeah. But what's 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 Bogart's got waiting for him? And what's going to he have to adjust to? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, I think what they have going on over there. I mean, every year I was there, it definitely was building. Um, the first couple years, it was... I mean, we anytime a big market team was in town, we were the visiting team in the in the stands, essentially. Uh, but no, I, I I mean, do you think you'll like it? You know Xander. I mean, you know you've been, you've been around. I mean, it's it's not, yeah. and This isn't this isn't saying Dude, I think like he's like a bad it. person like, or or like it, some personalities fit. Yeah, community. No, yeah. I just want to be careful with my words here because okay, like, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, it's. You want me to retract the right. question? It, no, not at all. Not at okay. all. Because you're right. It is it is different baseball, and Xander has played at the highest level, but he he's gonna be fine playing wise. The energy he feels, I undoubtedly think, and this is my opinion after playing in Fenway one year, but that dude won two rings there, right? Yeah. yeah two. And like I could only imagine the like He's going to miss that feeling a little bit for sure. And, and we're not for talking sure. about the playoffs are different, but we're talking about yeah, 100%. You were talking about 81. You know, yeah, 80. the fir- the first 81 at yeah, the 81 at home, like I mean it's it's going to be a little different. It's going to be who we kidding? It's going to be a lot different. Like it, I mean it is. But yeah. Xander, I think Xander 100% will be fine. He's an unbelievable gamer and professional and does his does his thing. So I think we, he'll be fine. You surprised? He'll definitely you- miss the energy. You know, so many oh, people, so many people I, were, yeah. so many people were, uh, were like, you know, even on the team. I remember Sale said in spring training, we got to re-sign Xander. 
you know, we had this and that. Were you surprised at the end of the day? You know, you can say now because you're on another team. doesn't make yeah, no. I mean, Were you yeah, surprised you left? I was, yeah. I mean, I was, yeah, my jaw hit the floor when I saw that he signed with the Padres. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no way, dude. Like, well, I mean, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. It's, again, I'm not even going to play. I'm not even playing in Boston next year, and it's it's sad to see Xander, Xander leave Boston for sure. It, does it? You guys had a ton of free agents. That's another interesting conversation in which we had, like what that dynamic is like. What was it, that dynamic like? You got I, I don't cover. Clubhouse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't. I've never covered a team with that many notable yeah. free agents. Yeah, no, I mean, it was. Again, I think it, every that was the most professional set of dudes I've ever played a season of baseball with, and I think everyone. Most of those free agents, it wasn't their first team that they were with anyways. So, I mean, Vasky and Xander probably were the only two. So it was, I mean, they, they'd been through it before. And, I mean, again, that, that was a great group of guys. I'll never, never forget that season. That was the, the best last place season I've ever had in my life. Put it on the bumper stickers. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Give me that T-shirt. But but I but I tell you what, um, you left an impact on that clubhouse. You left the impact on the field, and the, because of it, like again, it's good for you. The great story and great success story, and and uh, I'm, I'm happy that you got that deal, and I'm happy you landed in a place that you, I think that not only that you are going to enjoy, but they're going to really enjoy. Like like to the people in Philadelphia. I think yeah. you're going to become a fan favorite, and but you don't have to comment on no. that. I'm just going to say that. Uh, but <laughs> no, you also, but you also like this is another bizarre thing, not bizarre, but a notable thing. Like you, when so when you signed, it was like you do the Google search and Matt Strom, and you get the the YouTube channel of like opening yeah. cards and yeah. stuff like that. And we've talked about that, but I can honestly say I don't think that other than Fortnite going back in the day. Like when everyone was playing that in the clubhouse. Yeah, I don't think any any time I've seen so with so many guys in the clubhouse picked up on something and really fell in love with it, like they did. Where hey, this you know this breaks some packs, right? I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I and, and I mean this is this is what we talk about the message of baseball not being boring and and the 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 roots and the love and play and everything else. And this is what we hope that baseball cards do. But I can tell people, like the jaded people saying these are millionaires and they're just polishing their money at their lockers all the time. <laughs> no, I mean, I can no. tell you that they are like super excited to open up baseball cards, right? Oh, no doubt. And I mean, my credit card statements can attest to how much we did that because, I, I mean, usually what I do is I, I will buy like half a case of whatever it releases. It's usually anywhere from four to eight boxes. And I usually will bring them and I'll have them in my locker and I'll just have them there for whenever I want to do like one of my YouTube stadium pull opens. Mm -hmm. But having them there in the locker, it was like lottery tickets to these dudes and they'd walk by and they'd be like, Strom, what can we get in that box? And I'd be like, I'd tell them like some of the top autos in the checklist. They'd be like, let's rip it. Let's rip it. And I'm like, guys, like this is like a $200 box. There's only four cards. And they're like, no, I don't just want to rip it to rip it. Like, (laughs) but it's just, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. And then I would I would fold like a 
chair and just yep yeah, okay let's open it Ooh, and then we so all opened it and give me give eventually me the they started buying them yeah give me the guys who like became yeah so most of them were actually pitchers i guess we have most of the downtime but uh tyler danish got into it pretty pretty good ryan brazier he got into it well he, i was there it. when i was there when he made a thousand dollars Oh yeah, he right. He, he pulled a Bob, a one one Bob Gibson, right? Which is worth what? I mean, it's like at least a thousand. I mean, it's like uh, yeah, it's like anywhere from like probably six. It it all depends on like you could find the Bob Gibson collector, and then it's a fifteen hundred dollar card to him, or it's Ooh. damaged and bent on the corner, and it'll be an eight, so it's a six hundred dollar card to someone else like it's but breaches cards there cards are artwork so it's it's so hard like when people talk value it's like sure a simple base card of like o'neill cruz like his base card that just there's thousands of these yeah there's a value to this but when you get a one-on-one what's the value to it all i know is that everyone was tremendously excited yeah, we were jacked. It was the it was his first one on one he ever hit, which is like that's awesome to pull. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to pull. I think I've pulled three of them, but it's it's nuts. And I mean, Tanner Hout got into it. Uh, Whitlock got into it a little bit. I kind of <laughs> kind of yelled at him one day. We were doing cards, and these were Bowman Chrome cards, and this is like the ones I like to collect, and I prospect them or whatever. I just put them away forever. Don't look at them until like. 10 years later and see who panned out kind of thing. And so like, I like to keep them nice and like, everyone's asking, can we open one? I'm like, sure, go ahead. And Whitlock's opening one. And like, he opens it and he just like sets it in his hand, like face down and like holds it like a a card of decks. And I'm like, Whitlock, what are you doing, dude? Like, just hold them on the side. Like (laughs) I kind of barked at him and you know, Whit, Whit never wants to do anything wrong. So he's like, he just set it down. He's like, I won't open any. I was like, no dude, open some, just be just, Treat them like they're cards, not playing cards. Like, I, I, I would like it's, it's like the, the evolution of Garrett Whitlock is like a, a fifteen <laughs> yeah. point uh, story. Um, uh, so so in ten years when you retire, um, tell me how much or like to say like say this. What's your goal? Not not baseball wise. But 10 yeah. years when you retire to say that. We- well, it's got to be at least 11 because I told Rich I'm out doing him. Oh, really? So. Well, well, he's going to 50. Okay, well. Yeah. So I got I got 19 of them things all left. Right, Let's go. All right. All right. So you can start slowing down that curveball a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so what is the what is the card goal in the next, uh, let's say, in next 10, 10 years? There is zero, zero goal with cards for me. I mean, again, I call myself a pack rat and it's what I enjoy. I mean. There's no great white whale. There's no like, there's no. I mean, my, I want my one-on-one super fracker auto. I can't, I mean, I've, I found the, so it was sold on eBay. The eBay seller gave me the buyer's email. I emailed the buyer. And he told me he sold his entire collection and a lot deal to a, to like a card store. And we have no idea where it is. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So like, that would be my one-on-one card I want. Um, as far as like cards to purchase. See, I don't purchase many cards just because I like the collection to be what I opened. I don't know. Right. Sounds- well, if you, if you could give, yeah. Because listen, I got a, I got one more kid to put through college. So if you yeah. could tell me, say, 
this is the guy, this is the car that you should go find and invest in. What would it yeah, be? Yeah, right now? Yeah. See, that that's so tough, too, because of the products that are coming out. Like, a guy, let's see, like, I like that Bobby Witt Jr. kid in Kansas City as far as his cards go, though. Like, they're expensive right now because he's good. Right, he's good. It's already, so, like... Yeah, you're right. It's like it's like Raphael. It's like yeah. Raphael Devers. You've you've already got too far yeah. tied in the process. Yeah, if yeah. you want cards to be valuable, I would say go buy Bowman. You're gonna not gonna know any of them on there, mm-hmm. and okay. open them up, and then put them in. Don't even Just, open them. Just buy buy the right. box and open in ten years. Because hey. like a Mike Trout, I, I want to say, don't quote me on this because. I want to say it's something like $40,000 for a box from his first card. Really? It's something crazy. It's like, that's like buying Apple stock. It's not even worth it anymore. You know? Right. So, but like in the odds of hitting a Mike Trout in that box are very low. Yeah. But if you do hit something of color, even like you pay for the box three times over. So that's crazy to think. I like the idea. I like the idea of just buying a box putting it somewhere and then opening it in a couple of years and like, holy crap, like this is, I, this guy's like good. Who knew? You know? Exactly. So that those are the, the Bowman, I would say if like you're buying boxes for kids to open or not even to open, just buy them to collect the boxes and have later, I would say any of the Bowman stuff is, is the best stuff because it's their first, it's their first card in a professional Jersey. Okay. So, so, so there you go. Was, yeah. Forget about the gambling sites. We're making you money a different way. All right. I can't yeah, exactly. I, I appreciate your time, but I can't let you go without a good we got? without a good rule <laughs> Without a good without rant a about good the rule rules. rant. A good rule rant. So um I don't know if you yeah. know this, Matt. The the baseball <laughs> is changing some rules. Yeah. Um and so um you know, you want me just like to step aside? I mean, because I yeah, clearly, watch you, out. Watch yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So it's no. uh by the way, before you go, like why things are percolating. So obviously, Kenley Jansen had the press conference um, yesterday, and yep. it's it's funny because like, Kenley's had a good keep career and he's a good pitcher and everything else. But sure enough, one of the questions, rightfully so, was he's the slowest pitcher in baseball. Yep. How and and I mean, and and Matt, we're talking about this guy is going to have to shave off almost half of his time. I know. Yeah. So well, anyway. Go ahead. I mean, the the biggest issue I have with the whole pitch clock and all this other stuff is the time between innings. The only reason we have this time bef- between innings is for ads and ad revenue. So they're putting a pitch clock on us to be whatever it is, 20, 15 seconds and 20 seconds or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. They're putting that on us. So they can add it. So right now they have it at two minutes or no, a minute 55, I think. Mm-hmm. A minute 55 in between innings right now for ads. Not once is there ever, I mean, Rich Hill gets 13 to 17 pitches in in a minute 55 when he's out there warming up. Yeah. Like it used to be, it used to be six to eight warm up pitches and you go. So Rich Hill's six to eight pitches, he would be done in one minute and go. Okay, so days Rich Hill pitches in between innings for Rich Hill is roughly a minute. Well, they have added 15 seconds to the minute 55 for every game or for every half inning. So they made it two minutes and 10 seconds. They're adding four and a half minutes of dead time 
to a game that we already are getting screamed at that's too slow, but we're going to yep. have four and a half minutes of dead time. But, hey, pitcher, speed up. Hey, batter, speed up. Wait a minute. They're here to watch me, dude. Let me do my job, and you do yours. I remember watching games growing up, and they would come back from a commercial break, and it was a 1-1 count. It's like, how'd that happen? <laughs> oh, well, the pitcher was re- the pitcher was ready, and they right. started the game. That's right, how right. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry, you still got your ad revenue from Budweiser. I just missed two pitches. Yeah, yeah. Like it, 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 it. It's the. I don't think the rules are going to affect affect me per se, or pitchers even per se. I think the rules are going to turn this game into a bunch of trickery, mm. because now you're limiting a hitter of how many times he can step out in a box. I've I've known hitters to every time you get two strikes on them. They're going to dig in, and as, <clears throat> as soon as you come set, they're going to step out. Mm-hmm. It's just part of their game. There's games within this game, and that's what makes this game so beautiful. It's, like it's not just a scoreboard with right. runs on it. Like There are so many games within it, in this game, and there's guys that they, they have their ways of setting people up for other things. Or I know pitchers who – Anytime they're about to throw, like they want to try sneak a fastball by someone, they'll change out the ball and lob it to the catcher because they want to see the hitter watch that slow ball in. And then they're like, yo, I just disengaged their eyes from the previous fastball that I want to double up on here. That's awesome. That's taking time, but that's a game within a game. And that's how you learn this game. And that's what makes this game so beautiful is like nobody in the stands, maybe one person in the stands knows what that pitcher is doing when he does that. Yeah. Meanwhile, he got, sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Meanwhile, he got seven dudes out of the bullpen laughing like, dude, is this going to work? And then like, <laughs> boom, it works. And you're like, no freaking way, dude. But like you're, you're, you're taking away so much of the game by putting a clock into our game. And two, again, to the trickery, once I get a batter to call time and he can no longer call time in the at-bat, yeah, I just need to channel my inner Nestor Cortez, and I'm gonna quick pitch you, delay you, do whatever, and it's it turns to trickery, and it's not just it's not baseball. Well, and um, we so we we talk about baseball, the, I guess. We yeah, we talk about the pitch clock, and then you have you throwing over, you know, and like this is why all of a sudden, like everyone's trying to get like base stealers because everyone's gonna run, and and what this comes back to too is who said it? Who there was a manager who said this. Um, and, but it was like the playoffs, like we're, we're totally discounting this. And this is one of the, um, Zach Scott came on after, and he was like, yeah, you had talked to me about this and Zach Scott, like he was in the monitor. So he knows he's like, and one of the things he said is like, listen, I was in the monitors. Yeah, sure. It works, but it works in a minor league game when nobody, nobody really cares. cares about inning seven through nine. And then you get to with baseball, like, holy mackerel. Can you imagine this? In the postseason, like that's another like this is these are high stakes. Yes, are we going to have a World Series decided on a pitch clock violation <laughs> that walks in a winning run? I mean, are we going to end a, a championship season on a non-competitive play? And and then like no like yeah, and and then it, then it speaks to well, how are the umpires going to treat this? Because you know hitters as much as it affects hitters. It's going to affect hit. Uh, I'm saying pitchers. It's going to affect hitters. Yeah. And then you know the hitters are they're going to say, well, be ready with eight seconds, nine seconds left, 
What are you talking about? I make 20 millions of dollars. I've been doing this for 15 years. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, that this isn't the but minor. But then they're going to call strike one on them. Right. Well, the, and that's what they did in the minors. And and exactly. but this is that's that's the minors. This is like guys who have created careers about yes. doing it a certain way. And and you're so I, I don't know, man. Like I just come back to like the importance, especially when you get the postseason, you have a great point. Like yeah. are the umpires because what happens too in baseball is that the umpires start really strong. And then it yep. sort of drifts uh, drifts off. The first example was there's still a rule where hitters aren't supposed to take both feet out of the batter's box, and it, they do it all the time. But that yep. rule is like gone, even though it's a rule. And then, um, and then obviously the sticky stuff. Like at first they were giving like the full body cavity searches, and now it's yep. like, yeah, you know, it's nothing, and people are back to cheating. Right. Right. So it's it's yeah. It, yeah. That, if you're going to do something, do it. That's kind of how I always am. I am a big fan of rules. I love structure. I love rules, but don't, don't make a rule to ha- just to have a rule, like two feet in the box, dude. If the dude wants to step out and readjust his feet, he's going to step out and readjust his feet. Like this, this, this game was built as a gentleman's game. Keep it that way. Like that's, that's what it I, is. I like that. That's a good quote. Excellent job. Yeah. Um, but hey, listen, we're, we'll all adjust, and and um, and you get to now you get to be the in beautiful, clear water, Florida, in just a yep. couple. I mean, yep. that's, not, yeah, yeah, not a bad place. Clearwater is no, a nice place. It's not Arizona, but oh well, yeah, you're an Arizona guy, right? You throwing yeah. yet? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, really? Now, uh, yeah, I'll start bullpens here in in about. I was gonna try get one in probably the Friday before Christmas. Okay. And then, yeah, do, go for it. you work there. out? I mean, everyone's in Arizona. Do you work out with anyone? Yeah, I work out with Brenton Marsh, Matt Moore, uh, my little brother. And then uh, there's like three other three other guys over there that are junior college guys. And then one of the other guys, his name's Aaron. He's uh, He actually did four years in the military after high school. Ooh. And then before signing back up for his second whatever – he decided he's like I want to try play baseball. So he started last year up at Driveline, ended up tearing his UCL, had Tommy John, and now he's down working out with us. So it's kind is of a cool gonna, story. Is he going to do a showcase or something? Yeah, he'll, I mean, he just started throwing bullpen, or he just threw his first bullpen yesterday, and then uh, yeah, he'll start throwing. What's bullpens. his name? Can you, can you say his name? Or you're not allowed. You're going to make me butcher his last name. I couldn't oh, even tell okay. you. It's like I want to get his baseball card. Yeah, one day, one day you'll get yeah, it. I'll yeah. get it for you. No, it's a good story. I think you know. It's like yeah, it's, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and by the way, you are. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to make it because you know won't be in Arizona, but you are formally invited to the book release party because you are in the book. Right on. Right I mean, on. Well, you are I an author. It. You are an author. You yeah. are. You are an author. I might. I might have to have my brother make a guest appearance for me then. <laughs> he's invited as well listen right on i'm the kelly's are throwing the party i i have nothing to do with it so right yeah. on all right, all right. well hey listen matt uh happy for you and um i always appreciate you taking the time thanks so much thank man. you you have a good one all right in celebration of opening day we've got a special episode of the moth podcast for you the theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people 
I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.